it's time for another episode of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes. Here's your host, Terrence McCauley. Hello, everyone. My name is Terrence McCauley, and this is another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. My guest today is Daniela Burnett. She is an accomplished and noted author of mysteries and thrillers. She has also been a panelist for Thriller Fest several times. Her latest novel, Betrayed by the Truth, is available from Black Opal Books. Daniela, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Sure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your latest book, Betrayed by the Truth? Okay, well, um, uh, for some of your listeners who are not um, familiar with my work, my two main characters are Emmeline Kirby, who, who is the editorial director of investigative features at the Clarion newspaper in, in London, and her husband, who's uh, a, uh, his name is Gregory Longdon, and he's a quote-unquote former jewel thief and an insurance investigator. And the book starts off in um, Madrid. They're finishing off uh, their vacation there. And all of a sudden, they're walking down the street one evening. And this man comes up to him. And he thrusts a pouch with rare red diamonds at them and says, please take this to Alexander Colfax in London. Within minutes of that exchange, this man is dead. And then the story starts and uh, the quote unquote bad guys are after Emmeline and Gregory. And then they, they manage to um, elude these pursuers and they come back to London and they go straight to Scotland Yard, tell them the story. And when they're there, they find out that Alexander Colfax, who's a, a hotel magnate, he's been bludgeoned to death the night before. So that th that's... That's a, uh, something that Emmeline, as a journalist, is it, it intrigues her, and she must find out who uh, who all the uh, um, I'm sorry, <laughs> Emmeline must find out who uh, who are the killers and bring them to justice, and what all of this is about. Uh, diamonds, this hotel magnet. What is this? Um, who is this man? And as Emmeline and Gregory peel back the layers of Alexander Colfax's life, they realize he's a man without scruples, and he doesn't shy away from murder, blackmail, and treason. And among his coterie, he counts uh, the son of a Kremlin elite, a Russian mafia boss, and a spy in MI6. Wow, we've got a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah. What inspired you to, to set it in the various locales in Madrid? Have you traveled there, or what's, what's the story behind that? Yes, well, I, I love to travel, and my two protagonists, they're, they're British, so um, the books always start, ha, part of it is in London, because they live in London, but this book is partially set in Switzerland, because the story, the, eventually, uh, The Hunt for the Truth takes them to Switzerland, and um, in Interlaken, and I, I visited Interlaken a few years ago, and the area is just absolutely beautiful, but um, setting plays an important part in all of of my books it's it's almost like another character because i feel that it helps to set the tone and it helps to propel the story so um that's why i chose to set part of the book in switzerland this time 
That's fantastic. And uh, I mean, you also picked a couple of characters that are uh, to, to make your protagonist that are pretty interesting, especially the uh, former jewel thief slash uh, insurance investigator. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that character and what inspired you to pick him? Well, I mean, in terms of my characters, when I first uh, conceived the idea for my uh, series, um, I I chose amateur sleuths because um, the law imposes um, many constraints on a police officer. So I wanted, in terms of amateur sleuths, they have more freedom and there's um, more possibility for complications. So that's why I chose a journalist and a jewel thief. And um, a journalist is almost like a police officer because the job of a journalist is to ask questions to find out the truth and ensure transparency. Then I have J Gregory, who is the jewel thief. He uh, is the contrast. He uh, shows the other side of the law and he's able to think, you know, he's able to um, come up with what, what, how a criminal would think. But then together, they um, they approach the, the mystery, the murder, whatever it happens to be in each book from different points of view and their different points of view help them to solve the various crimes but um gregory although he's a bad guy he's not really bad he's charming he's suave and um he has a certain code murder is never acceptable you know it's okay to pull off the occasional heist but no murder is a definite taboo so that's how i came up with the idea with the characters but gregory hasn't stopped stealing jewels but emmeline doesn't know that but shh, we won't tell her because she'll kill him if she finds out <laughs> exactly right yeah it sounds like there's there's an awful lot happening here with uh, a whole broadcast of characters how would you describe your writing style do you since you've got such detailed plots and they take place in a lot of different places it's, it's very dynamic do you plot everything out in advance so you keep everything straight or do you usually just go with the flow of the story and go where it takes you? Uh, well, I don't do an outline, but I like to have uh, the, the general idea of the plot planned out in my head before I even start writing. So I have that basic skeleton of the plot to follow. A, a lot of times I, a, a new idea comes to me as I'm writing, but at least I have that basic skeleton of the plot to follow. Like I know who the killer is from the beginning because that's for me that's important because then I can um, put the red herrings in which uh, help to divert the, uh, the reader and also, right. um, also to add the twists and turns in the story. Yeah, and that's all that, uh, you know, that that is something that people look for, especially in the uh, mystery and thriller genre. Uh, when I introduced you, I said that you had appeared on a couple of panels for Thriller Fest, the ITW uh, events that they have every year in New York. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience with that? Did you enjoy participating on the panels? Did you enjoy meeting your uh, readers? And did you find some new ones that uh, hadn't heard about you before? Oh, I, in terms of panels, 
I love doing panels. I, I love the exchange of ideas with fellow authors. I love interacting with the audience and taking their questions. I just love I, I just love the whole concept of it. And um, yeah, I think I did pick up a few new readers um, and I, I, I with new authors too. And it's just, it's a wonderful networking event. You know, I got to meet some of the authors that I love. Um, I mm. got to speak to other authors who I hadn't heard of. It's it's just wonderful to be in, in something like that. I'm sure for you too, not just Thriller Fest, but other venues like that with, with another author someone who understands what you're going through and right. will, you can immediately discuss certain things because they know where you're coming from i i just i just love that right yeah it's great too and i find that it gives me a creative refresher course on why i do this and it gives me renewed energy to go back and, and start it all over again uh gives me new energy to start a new project which is always and, uh, a good thing. And also you have you have moral support because somebody understands what you're going through. Because I mean, as an author, I'm sure you you agree with this idea. We're, we're plagued by self-doubt. You know, sometimes I, I come mm -hmm. to, I'm writing one day, my brain is not fresh. I was like, this is horrible. I don't know how to write anymore. And then I come back to the next day, I'm like, oh, I just make this change or that change. And what, what was so bad yesterday? But you know, we're just plagued by self-doubt sometimes. Right, right. And that's, and you know, too, I think every time we finish a book, we say, you know what, I like this one, but maybe the next one is going to be a little bit better. And that's what brings us back to the keyboard. Right. Yeah. The promise of that. So I know this book was not your first book. Uh, how is it different and how is it similar to the earlier books that you published? Well, this is book nine. Um, uh, if the readers have followed along from the first uh, book, they'll see how um, Emmeline and Gregory's, the dynamic of their relationship has changed. Um, they were, they were, from the beginning, they were, to, they were sleuthing, but um, now the, because they've, they're married, the, that, that exchange between them is, is different. And of course that, that mirrors life because when you, when you be, marry, your relationship changes. Yes, you love one another, but it's it's as if you become a new character in itself because it's the mm. two of you, but it's this new dynamic. So right. um, if, if a reader picks up this book, they'll be fine because I put enough backstory in each book so that the reader won't be lost and each book can right. stand stand alone but if the reader wants to find see how their relationship and each character has evolved then they should start with the first book because in the first book emmeline hasn't seen gregory in two years and she literally runs into him um, in venice when uh they she sees two men trying to kill a fellow journalist and then the story picks up from there and mm -hmm. um he had left her so that fear that he might leave her again is always hovering in the back of her mind so that um poses lots of possibilities for me how to twist the story and how to um manage their relationship because his secrets the secrets of his past are always there and always threatening their relationship even now when they're married right right yeah and that's the that's what keeps the pressure on the protagonists, uh, which is a great way to create an extra layer of tension in your work. 
Yes. Yeah, no, it really is. How do you think you've changed as a writer from those first books and evolved into where you are right now? Um, how have I changed? I mean, I, I the demand to make each book better than the previous one um, mm -hmm. is always the challenge for me. Um, I've always liked putting twists and turns to keep the reader flipping pages, but it's that pressure to put the twists and turns. Um, I think that uh, has more of a focus in my writing so that I can keep readers interest and, and also to um, create the adversity and the tension for Emmeline and Gregory to propel each story. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's something that really counts when you're writing uh, about two protagonists who are working so close with each other to yes. uh, achieve the goal of the book. You need that. Yes. You really do. So I know that you've, um, I, I'm interested in the settings that you have for these characters. Do you come up first with the idea of what they're going to do and where they're going to do it? Or do you say, you know what, I want to set this book in a certain part of the world and, and that affects what the crime or what the uh, goal of the characters is going to be? It's a little bit of both, uh, because uh, if I come up with a story like this particular one, it's with uh, the Red Diamonds and Fabergé egg, uh, a mm -hmm. stolen Fabergé egg. So um, the... The, 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 the idea for the Fabergé egg uh, came to me when I read an article about this Russian oligarch whose um, super yacht was seized uh, because of sanctions. And then they found a Fabergé, oh, right. they found a Fabergé egg on the yacht. So I said, right. aha, perfect, a Fabergé egg, which are drenched in jewels and enamel, perfect to uh, intrigue a jewel thief. Um, and then, you know, uh, I the story was percolating in my mind and then then I thought oh Switzerland where I had been before that would be a perfect setting for the climax of the story to take them there it's such a dramatic landscape and so it would be ideal for the the climax so in terms of the story it's a little bit of both. the idea comes to me and then as I said before setting is important so a lot of times mm. when I am somewhere a, a place that makes a, a deep impression on me I think oh this would be the perfect place to find a dead body so it's, right. it's, a, little, it's a little bit of both right I, exactly yeah you get inspired by uh, travels as well. That's why it's important for writers to always get out from behind the keyboard and see a little bit of the world about which they write. Right, exactly. I mean, because I, I love traveling because you learn about uh, the the different cultures, the history of the place. I'm also interested in history, which I think is important because um, as a writer, as for anybody, really, it's important to know what happened in the past to, to understand why things are the way they are today. So that whole um, melding of different things is important for a writer because you have to be curious about many things to be able to write came up with your different stories to be creative to let the muse flow right exactly now is there a place that you've traveled to Hello? that you think you're going to want to include in the story but you haven't included yet oh let's see a place that i haven't been that i would love to go to one day are uh, uh, australia and new zealand uh, they they both have dramatic landscapes and they would be perfect for a story um i'd love to go to mallorca that, that oh, would, wow. 
yeah, I, I haven't been there yet. Um, so those are two places that are on my list to visit, but also to include in someday in a story. <laughs> exactly right, exactly. Now, what about places that you have been that you haven't written about yet? Is there a, is there a particular place that you have visited and you haven't placed a book there and you think you might in the future? Uh, France. I've been to different uh, parts of France, and I haven't I haven't done a book in France yet. So uh, that that would definitely pose lots of possibilities for stories. Right, and there's also a lot of different regions in France too. Exactly. So you could probably get four or five excellent books out of it with, <laughs> yeah. uh, without yeah. even touching Paris. You know, that's right. Yeah. Parts of Paris as well. Yeah, yeah, no, because I've been to the Côte d'Azur, Nice, and that whole area, and Provence. So, yeah, no, lots of possibilities. And again, lots of history that can help um, guide your story or shadow, you know, the story that you want to tell. Right, exactly, yeah. Now, the, the kind of audience that you have, uh, I'm always curious. There's usually a bunch of different types of mystery readers and thriller readers. There are those that like the techno uh, thriller and then there are those that like the cozies and then there are those that like the travel uh, yes. stories like you do the travel mysteries like you mm -hmm. do have you found what a secondary uh, preference among your readership for one of those different types of stories like the, the people who like travel uh, mysteries tend to like uh, techno thrillers or do they like cozies what have you seen anything like that uh in the feedback you perceive from your readers? Um, I think because my books are, yes, mystery, but they also have elements of a spy thriller, like each book. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, the the readers that like cozies would like my books, um, or, you know, the, the, the readers who love the classics you know like agatha christie who's my my hero the the those mm. types of readers would enjoy my books um i don't happen personally to like the techno you know mysteries that rely heavily on technology first of all i'm not right. good with that but i i <laughs> I, pr I prefer to have my um protagonists solve the crime you know with their intellect with it, rather than relying on technology to um to solve the crime yes to a certain I'm, I'm not saying that there's anything against it i particularly don't like it and i have mm -hmm. a pref I, I have a preference for you know letting the protagonist but that's that's i know it's a huge category with the techno thriller and there are lots of readers so mm -hmm. I, i'm not i'm not quite sure in in terms of the techno readers whether they've dipped into my books but certainly the ones who enjoy cozies um have gravitated to my books as well Right, right. And, it, and you know, it's great that you said that you don't really like to read or write techno thrillers because it's not for everybody. And there's nothing wrong with you saying that, that that's just not my audience. You don't have to try to appeal to everybody. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. It's just the kind of, of stuff that you write. And that kind of, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. That kind of honesty is refreshing. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, first of all, I wouldn't be able to write a, a techno book like that. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like I want to write the story that I want to write. So they, it just happens to come out with a spy element. You know, the the usual mystery, traditional mystery in there. So that's just what I enjoy doing. So I have to enjoy it so that it's it that the reader enjoys the the ultimate finished product. I I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to write anything techno because. I just don't enjoy that, so it wouldn't come out right. 
exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. That that's uh, that's an, an entirely valid point. What else do you uh, think is going to be for you on the horizon in terms of your writing career? Are you going to stay with this series that you've built up over the years, or do you think you're going to move on to something else? Well, at the moment, I still have, I, I'm working on book 10, actually, uh, of this Great. series. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I still have ideas for Emmeline and Gregory. So when those ideas um, peter out, then maybe I'll start a new series, maybe in a different era, like the Victorian times or World mm. War II, because those are both um, eras of great change. So they pose a lot of possibilities for stories. But at the moment, um, Emmeline and Gregory are still whispering in my ear. So, you know, they, they still, I still have a lot of uh, trouble for them to to get into. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how you take on the historical aspects because your writing really lends itself to being able to have just enough detail in there without it being just a costume piece. You know, sometimes people, if they write in historical eras, it's just a modern day story, but they're wearing fancy clothes. Yeah. And instead of having a car, they've got a carriage. But I could totally see you doing something in the Gilded Age or in the Victorian era based on the kind of story that you have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, because it's important. I mean, you you can't you you can't put impose today's mores on a different time. You have to show the way things were at that time. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, and you use that as a learning piece, you know, I mean, granted, you know, we've, we've evolved a long way, but you have, you, you can't impose that, you know, put today's views on, you know, World War II, right? you know, because that's not right. the way things were at the time. Right, right. Yeah. And then to just change it, like I, I found that with my Western uh, fiction, you know, the, some people have said, well, can't you have a female gunfighter or something like that in there? And I said, there just weren't that many of them. There were some yeah. that were hunters, but I, I can't in all good conscience tell the kind of story I want to tell and have it feature a, a female quick shooter. Uh, there were a few. There was Calamity Jane, but she wasn't really a quick shooter. But, you know, they, there were some people, but you also can't ruin the whole story. Now, that doesn't mean you have to write a 1950s school marm who's helpless. Right. You could, mm -hmm. but but you could you can take different type different aspects of of their true nature of, of how they would have been back then and accentuate that point. She might not necessarily have to be helpless, but she's right. not going to be killing the the main villain with the uh, by beating him on the draw. That's just not how it works. Right, because like it, all stories, it, yes, they're fiction, but they have to have an air of authenticity for for it to be believable for the reader to 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 want to continue uh, turning pages and to find out what goes on in the story. That, that that's extremely important to have that air of authenticity. Right, it certainly is, and I'm glad to hear that there's a lot more of your series left to come for, uh, and that you haven't. Uh, exhausted the well of creativity yet. That's going to be good news for the reading public. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it, it's great stuff. How can people follow the latest events with your career on social media? Do you have a website? Things like that. 
Yes, uh, I have a website, daniellaburnett.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Goodreads, I'm on BookBub. And if your audience is uh, interested, I'm having my book, some, my book launch at the Mysterious Bookshop on October 12th. So I, I look forward to seeing people if they want to come out. There's also um, an email address on my website if people want to drop me a little note. I'm always happy to hear from people. So say hi. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's important to uh, to always be accessible to the readership. And I thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I think that my audience has found uh, yet another great uh, writer that they can follow uh, for quite a while. Well, thank you. I've, I've enjoyed it. And um, that's music to my ears. I hope um, people will dip into my books. <laughs> I think they will. I think they will. I don't think you have anything to worry about with that. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for yet another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. We'll see you next time, everybody. Take care. You have been listening to Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes with host Terrence McCauley on Authors on the Air Global Radio Network.